All right, take two. <laughs> this is the second time that we are trying to start this podcast. Got it. This is Kitchen Cast. Um, we are, my husband is cooking. I am standing next to him. It's very distracting, but we decided to kill two birds with one stone and re- record the podcast. And it's not distracting at all. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we had to end the last one. But anyway. We are here, month three, restarting the podcast. Yeah, it's not restarting, it's just, we, you know, like we always say, I think like in every podcast lately, we just, we've been very busy. Yeah. There's been a lot going on. Yeah. So, so the last one we did was in January. Yeah, they were the recaps, which I don't even count as real episodes, but you also have to remember, I started the podcast in pandemic, so <laughs> we had a lot more free time during that time. Yeah, that's true. But now we're in real life. Both of our jobs are crazy. Yeah, for now. For now. Well, what we're thinking about. We're thinking about some stuff. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit in the podcast. Maybe, maybe. we won't. We don't know. <laughs> then we'd have to really commit. No, we don't have to re- I mean, it, it could be a great way to get even more investors. You never know. Yeah. Like, is what it is. Yeah, well, all that uh, preview to say we've been working on some possible bid business ventures, which we may or may not get to later. Eventually, we'll talk about it. I don't know if it's one of those, you know how influencers are always like, I have something special planned, but I can't talk about it yet. Yeah. It's like one of those. Yeah, it's it, but it's a lot more. Huh? It's a lot more big than that. <laughs> <laughs> If we do it, it's... But we can't, we can't keep teasing it. Okay, it, we'll talk about it We'll talk about it later. When later. we get into it, as we break through. Okay, here comes the sizzle. Let me I'm take a... little bit of sizzle. What is on the menu tonight? Um, we're cooking... Um, we're actually cooking a little bit of some New York strips, which I normally don't ever cut in the butcher shop. We're cooking some New York strips from, actually, the Feltz Farm, believe oh. it or not. That we've had in our freezer forever. So basically, I've just been kind of like clearing room out of our freezer lately. And basically, what that just means is that I've just been cooking a lot. <laughs> like, like it's a new year. We have new animals on the slate for for us, you know, as well as people who like to get things from us. Um, but yeah, we're about to like restock a lot of stuff for our personal things, and I just need more room out of like our eight freezers. Yeah. So. Yeah, we threw, there was some stuff that we threw away and whatever that, like, I mean, I think I threw away some stuff from, like, 2016. <laughs> well, and I'm going to step away because I'm sure that is super loud. But um, some of the things that we were going to throw away that were really old, like, very, very old um, meat and were super freezer burned, I turned into beef jerky for the dog. And it worked phenomenally. So I highly, and really I ate some too, if we're being real about it. I gave it a try. I like dry jerky, and it sure was dry jerky, but it was delicious. You found turkey? No. (laughs) I told you the sound would be bad. You can't even hear me from over here. Um, I'm also deaf. That's true. Uh, So, yeah, I highly recommend if you have meat in your freezer that is super freezer burned and you're going to throw it away, just cut it up and throw it in the dehydrator or the oven and turn it into beef jerky. I highly re- recommend that. I'm going to pause because I really feel like this sizzle is excessive and we will reconvene after well, we're just, cooking. Why don't you pause and then we'll listen to it and see how bad it sounds or how good it sounds. Okay. Then we'll, then we'll decide. <laughs> okay.
Well, it's the next day. Unfortunately, I am by myself. Uh, yesterday did not go as planned. Dinner was phenomenal, if you were wondering, but we weren't able to finish the podcast. And Nate works night shift now. So we missed our one opportunity of the week to do a joint podcast. But at least you got to hear his angel voice for a moment. And it's really important to me that I get an episode up. So you just get me for the rest of the time. <laughs> But man, where to begin? It's been so long. And I feel like, you know, like we mentioned a few minutes ago, it is kind of the first episode, real episode of the year. Crazy. Um, It is spring now. Spring is in full force doing its up and down thing. There's this viral picture that comes up every year, I'm sure for everyone in zone like seven and eight, but I always see it for Virginia and North Carolina because that's where we live. But it essentially has like the seasons of the year, but the reality. So it's like winter and then comes full spring and then uh, like the pollinating and, you know, all that kind of thing. So we have already made it through full spring. It was in the 70s and 80s for like three weeks at the end of February and the beginning of March. Um, And now we are in winter number two. So uh, yeah, it was beautiful weather for a little bit. Totally full spring. Totally. That's exactly what it was. And now it's like we are back at winter. Yesterday, or I guess it was two days ago, it got down to 21 degrees, which is just crazy. That's like colder than most of our days of winter here. So that was not fun. And because we already had such warm weather, all the plants had decided to wake up. You know, all the fruit trees started to bloom. And um, I guess I will go into the next part in a little bit, but... I went a little bit crazy this year adding to our orchard and berry patch. Uh, So long story short, with that, I went out two days ago and wrapped our new trees and bushes in plastic wrap, hoping that that would help protect them from the frost. We literally went out there with actual saran wrap and just... I wrapped those babies up. (laughs) I have two new saplings. I have a new apple tree and a peach tree. And I just wrapped those babies. The apple tree already had blossoms on it. And the peach tree was just emerging with buds. I I think it would have been fine if I had left it. uh, Because it was in that stage where you're just starting to see like the green buds for the green leaves. But I still wrapped those babies up. The peach tree and the apple tree did great. I think it worked on that. Uh, And then my raspberries and new grapevine did not fare so well. Uh, Yeah, no, they, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if they died. That will be to tell, but their leaves definitely did wither away and die, which was very sad. So it's, really, for some reason, important to me that we expand our fruit production this year and in the coming years. Maybe it's just all this craziness with World War III and just all that scary uh, doomsday stuff that feels like it's on everybody's mind right now. But 
I had this <laughs> compulsion a few weeks ago to just like go crazy and order things. So like I said, we have those two new trees. I had to hold back from getting more. Originally, actually, I had ordered four trees, two peach trees and two more apple trees. But they ended up being on back order, which was super annoying because I ordered them and paid for them. And then the week that they were supposed to be shipped, which was like, I think the week of my son's birthday. So end of February. Uh, and they weren't coming, weren't coming, weren't coming. So I checked the website and it was like, this is back ordered until after May. And like, that's not going to work for me. I've heard you're not really supposed to be planting new like bare root plants in the heat of summer. So I feel like I wasted so much time with that, which was super frustrating. So I canceled my order and went with another company, uh, which was more expensive than the back-ordered com company. So I ended up only buying two for the same price that I had ordered for. So not great, but I really like the trees that we got. It is taking everything in me to not get more. I really do want to reel myself in because I don't want to go crazy with the money. But other than that, we did – I had one, two, three, four raspberries – I think one of them is going to make it through. The other three, I'm not so sure about. I don't know. All their leaves died. One of them was, they were all dormant sticks. Essentially, they looked like sticks in the ground, uh, which is what they're supposed to look like. But one of them just doesn't even look like it's going to get buds ever. Like the stick that they gave me doesn't even have the little nodes. Like when you, if you've ever gotten a raspberry cane, like a dormant raspberry cane, you can tell where, I don't know what they're called. I want to call them eyes. I don't know if that's the right term, but you can tell where they will grow leaves. And on one of them, it looks like just like a straw in the ground, like no nodes or anything. So I don't know about that. I probably am going to get more raspberries. Uh, because I love them and my kids love them and I just really want to grow them. So that will be on the docket pretty soon. I'll honestly, I'll probably just go to Walmart. Most things that I buy, I really like to go to like online stores and look at all the varieties and pick from that. But Walmart, I have done price checks. Walmart has the best deals on uh, a lot of those bare roots, fruit things like the grapes and the raspberries and the blackberries. So if you're looking for cheap, Walmart is the way to go. And they were a lot healthier than the ones that I got from Lowe's. The one that looks like just a bare stick in the ground, that one I had gotten from Lowe's. So I was bummed about that because it was a variety that I was really interested in. Um, and then I got a seedless grape vine. We have two established, really productive grape vines on the property right now. Um, they're really, really delicious. There's some kind of red variety, but they do have seeds in them. And they're not muscadines because I love muscadines. They're just a red seed grape. So the kids don't really like them. They're kind of a pain in the butt to eat because even I don't like to spit out the seeds. Like, it's really annoying. Um, and my father-in-law <laughs> ran the trellis over with his truck one day. I guess it was like a trailer. Uh, and that was very sad. So it also is not trellised anymore. It's just kind of like, <laughs> like half broken, laying on the ground. And 
there's also a lot of poison ivy around that area. So that whole grapevine area I that's established, I just want to take out. I'm done with it, over it. Not worth it to me. I wanted to start over. And now I think I might have killed the new one. So that will also be on the docket to be getting new, hopefully within the next week or two. Adjacent to that story, uh, it's going to sound like I'm going on a tangent, but I'm going to carry it back around. It's going to come back around. Um, We also got our very first shipment of meat chicks of the year. So we order 80 meat chicks a handful of times throughout the year. My husband knows more about how many. I think we have six orders, I think, um, that kind of come staggered throughout the summer so that we can uh, butcher once or twice a month. I can't even keep track of it now. There's so much going on. But we got our first shipment Friday which it was not supposed to come in Friday. It was supposed to come in Wednesday or Thursday, but it took an extra day or two to come in, which was, again, really, really disappointing. You never want that when you have chicks, but you also really can't control it very well. They were supposed to be, I guess, overnighted or like one to two days now, I guess is what it technically is which I'm pretty sure that's the only way that you can get chicks they don't really let you just do it normal mail for obvious reasons but for whatever reason they took extra long to come in and it did cost us chicks usually when we get chicks in the mail which we've done a bajillion times now I mean literally I think we've gosh done it what 15 times now uh usually they all do really well There's only been one incident with um, some laying hens that I had ordered from a very large company uh, that there was like a kind of a malfunction in the box and it like essentially crushed all my chicks, which was um, very, very bad. But other than that one time, we've only had one or two die in transit like ever. Um, But this time around, there were six that were dead on arrival, which is not good for a lot of reasons. Really sad for the chicks, um, less for us. Uh, And then one did end up dying, I think, like two days later. So we are down seven chicks already. Big disappointment. Um, But (laughs) the reason why I wanted to tie it to the cold weather that we've been having the past two or three days, um, we ended up having to bring them in, which was (laughs) different. Well, I want to say different. We've had chicks in the house before, but never 80 of them. Uh, We brought them all in in a big old Rubbermaid bin uh, because they just, even with the heat lamps, I did not want them out there in 21 degree weather. They were only like three days old. Well, man, with the transit, I guess they were four or five days old, but you know what I mean. And we just could not risk them getting too cold. Um, And so we had them inside, which was super fun and super quiet. Not quiet at all. Oh, man, that was kind of that was not fun. But they're back outside. Uh, The weather is warming up a little bit now. Now we're kind of getting into the real spring weather. Like today, I think it was in the 60s, I want to say. And tonight, I think it's just getting down to 40. So, you know, pretty typical spring weather. They're all happy out there. Um, All they're all healthy and doing their thing. So that's good. Hopefully they'll be extra strong with all the stress they went under. 
Um, we, gosh, we have so many chicken tractor projects. Um, right now they're in a brooder so they can have the heat lamps and everything. But man, if you've ever had a large quantity of chicks in a brooder, oh my gosh, they can be so gross. I hate having them in the brooder. I know it's a necessary evil, but man, I changing all their bedding and the water and the food, you know, multiple times a day gets so annoying. And I, I don't want to start this off on a bummer. It's really not a bummer. We really do love it. But man, I can't wait for them to be on pasture. That will just make our lives a lot easier. We're also hatching out some breasts and Cornish um, chicks right now. They're in the incubator. I believe they have another week and a half. I haven't even been keeping track, to be honest. We don't even keep track anymore. <laughs> Just one day they'll be peeping away in there and we'll realize it's time to get the brooder ready. Uh, so I do believe they will be needing to brood at the same time as the meat chicks. Um, usually when we do the incubation, we try and time it so that we obviously only have one set of chicks on a brooder at a time, but that's not going to happen for us. So uh, we'll probably have to invest in more Rubbermaid bins. There's not too many in there. I think there's about 12 eggs, so I'm not sure how many will actually hatch, but that will be coming our way within the next week or two. So it will be crazy chicken time. Oh my gosh, the summer is always chicken time. But it'll be great to get some fresh chicken in the freezer and have them on pasture. It'll be good. And the pasture is looking great. Speaking of that, uh, this will be kind of the first year that we're seeing what the rotational grazing method has done to our pasture. The whole purpose is to really make the earth and soil more healthy and grow grass better and just be like a really nice, productive method. Uh, and so far, so good. I mean, it the grass is already bouncing back. I really think it's going to just really take off within the next week or two, especially now that our false winter is over. And I think we're hitting, I, I believe, knock on wood, I, we might have another frost or two. But I think from here on out, it'll probably just be getting warmer and warmer. Usually our last frost date is projected to be around like mid-April, like April 14th, which is my birthday. Uh, so we'll see, you know, again, another month, anything can happen, but I think it is all up from here. Now that I'm left to my own devices, I'm going to do a garden update. I feel like I never do them when we do joint podcasts, but here we are. So... Yeah, we are again in full seedling full seedling swing. I had I started all of my seeds a little bit later than usual because we had that mouse problem, but luckily that got taken care of. Uh, I that that it was so horrible. I cannot believe a mouse ate my seedlings and it just kept doing it. But we caught him. Knock on wood. Make sure none of his friends come back. But it finally was safe again to start my new batch of seeds. I can't even remember when I did them. Usually I do them around Valentine's Day. Uh, so I want to say, had I started them by the last podcast? I'm not sure. I think it was end of February, maybe beginning of March, probably beginning of March that I did. And I've 
did less than I usually do, which is really surprising. I think that's just because of my time constraints. I just really don't have a lot of time right now. Um, I should have come prepared with how many of each thing I did. But I planted essentially two of all of my varieties of tomato. Uh, and I guess I want to say I did the same for peppers. So I th- probably I want to say maybe blah, 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 30 tomatoes, I want to say probably around 30 tomatoes. And then I realized that I had run out of a lot of the pepper varieties that I usually grow. I don't know how I missed that. I don't know what I did wrong to not buy replacements for them. But my pepper variety selection will be a lot less than normal this year. But that's okay. I still have a bunch of bell peppers, just your run-of-the-mill, I want to say, like, red knight bell peppers, and then some kind of sunrise yellow bell pepper, and a, another variety of orange. I, again, I definitely should have come more prepared for this. Maybe if you all are interested, I can tell you my varieties, but I feel like the most people that listen to our podcast are more interested in our animal husbandry, but... Uh, I also am going to be doing a lot of melons this year. Again, I'm on a big fruit kick, (laughs) big fruit kick this year. I got two different kinds of watermelon and a a cup like a cantaloupe and a honeydew. And then my ground cherries did not germinate very well this year. I am really surprised. Usually they do really, really well for me. And I think I've only gotten one and that seedling died. So I will be replanting those. On another note, uh, the a few weeks ago, I had gotten some, I don't even know what they are from the store. I want to say there's some kind of husked fruit. I want to say they're like gooseberries. I could be making that up. But they were delicious. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to plant these seeds. So I took, I I was in full seed seed starting mode. So I had a few extra just grow cups with soil. And I squirted that bad boy in some dirt. And it has taken three weeks, but they have finally germinated. And I have like a hundred little seedlings growing. And I'm so excited. And out of all, I think legitimately, I think there's probably like 40 seedlings because I literally took the berry I let it get like overripe like I let one just kind of sit on the counter for a little bit extra long I don't know if that did anything I know with tomatoes it makes it better and then I just squirted it into the soil um, and waited and waited and waited and watered every day and waited and waited and waited and now I have like 40 of them Uh, I don't know what they're going to turn into I don't even really know what they are But I'm going to try and grow them. So hopefully out of all those seedlings, I can grow one and I will share with you the update and I will probably have to Google what they are. I don't I don't know if they're going to be a bush. I don't know if it's going to be like a ground cherry situation. I don't know, but they were delicious and I'm very excited for that. So that's my little experiment. Other than that, I'm just doing kind of the run of the mill, normal deal, a bunch of winter squash. 
I didn't plant very many summer squash because they grow so fast that I like to wait a little bit and I actually like to direct sow them a little bit better. So I have just one yellow squash and one zucchini that I planted. And then after my last frost date, I'll direct sow a lot of those. Uh, what usually happens when you start them inside, they just get really, really big and they're very susceptible to transplant shock. So they end up getting really stunted. And that's what happened to me last year. I started some at the same time that I usually do around Valentine's Day and then I planted them and then I also direct sowed some at the time that I planted the other ones in the ground, if that makes sense. And the ones that I planted in the ground ended up growing faster and like maturing faster than the ones I had started earlier because the first ones had gotten so stunted with the transplant shock. So that's why I only did one at each of those. So that will be added a little bit later after my last frost date. And then kind of ish the same with the cucumbers. I did start some, but with the cucumbers here, I really like to secession plant them uh, because our summers get so hot and cucumbers don't really do that well in the super, super, super hot heat. So if you stagger planting them, you know, maybe like four and then a few weeks later, another four, it gives you a better like crop that you can pick from throughout the summer instead of like one big boom and then they all die. So that's what I'll be doing with that. But I did actually plant more than I probably should have because I had a lot of varieties and I just can't, I can't not plant them. When I have the seeds, it's so hard for me to pick. I just have to plant them all. I can't help it. That's what happened with my tomatoes. I told myself that I would only pick like four varieties and I just couldn't do it. I just could not make myself do it. What other things we have egg way too many eggplants we I like eggplants my husband makes a lot of really good recipes but that's one thing where it's like I only need like three eggplants a month I really like I really don't need a lot of them but I ended up I think I have one two three four four or five plants right now so that will be way too much eggplant hopefully the chickens and the pigs will be able to eat them because I'm sure it's going to be too much, but I just can't, I can't not do it. I just can't not plant when I have the seeds. And then on the animal front, man, I really wish Nate were here to talk about it. I think I probably won't talk much about the animals today because I really want him to be here. Um, we did have an incident with a sheep um, that has been having an issue that I don't really know how to talk about it very well without Nate here. But um, our sheep, her name is Pam. She Last year was, was her first year lambing. So Pam was born on the farm. She was one of this, one of the first sets of lambs that were born on the farm. And so last year, I, the timeline's a little bit weird because of the way that we lamb, but last year um, was her first time lambing, and she had to have the lamb pulled. And it was a stillbirth. It was a really not fun experience. It was a really, really big lamb, and it looked like it had just kind of gotten stuck, and by the time that we had 
realized that the baby was already dead and it was really, really hard to get out. In a way, I was thankful that it was already dead because I, I couldn't imagine getting it out while and keeping it alive, if that makes sense. Like, it was really, really difficult to pull out. Um, and so we wanted to give her one more year to try uh, because sometimes it can just be like a fluke thing. Sometimes they said if, if they're like deficient in a certain mineral, sometimes that can make that thing, you know, make it more difficult. I don't know. Nate knows more about it. But we were going to give her one more try to see if she could lamb. And then if not, we were just going to either call her or give her, you know, sell her or something like that. Um, w- totally disclosing the issues because we don't want to, like, not tell someone and then have her lamb and then it not go well. That would not be a thing. We would definitely disclose that for anyone who just wanted, you know, a pet or whatever they wanted to do with her, but not to lamb. So we knew she was getting close because she was like all bagged up and her hoo-ha was all big and you know how that gets. But, and now I'll see, I'm going into more detail than I even wanted to. But we noticed something was looking a little bit weird back there. And it ended up that she had a not a hernia, I guess, a prolapse. (laughs) So it's like, essentially like a hernia in your vag, essentially, is what she had. So it looked like we thought it was like a baby crowning, but it's just like part of her, I don't know, it's just like a bulge in her skin where like her organs are trying to push out I guess (coughs) excuse me that's not a very good way of describing it we'll probably talk about it in the next episode but it's not good and we it was really really scary for a little bit because we were like oh my gosh what do we do and we tried a lot of things and None of them were working, but we did determine that she was not in labor because, <coughs> excuse me, because we um, try, like, you know, one thing that they tell you to do, um, especially if, like, the they're in labor and it's not progressing, you, like, with a gloved hand, like, put your finger in there and essentially try and, like, gently help dilate her. And it was not, (coughs) oh, excuse me, it was not dilating. Like, as a woman who has given birth, I, it's you that, if your body is not ready to do that, it is not going to do that. So, we consulted with some people that know a lot more about sheeps than we do. uh, And some of them consulted with vets, and it was a whole thing. And so the consensus was because the prolapse was not, it's not very bad. Like if you Google it, you can see some gnarly stuff on there. I have seen more sheep vaginas than I hope I ever have to see in my life. But it really wasn't that bad. Uh, So we just kind of let her be. They said that usually like she would probably go into labor within the next day or two 
and, you know, everything would loosen up and it would come out. And, you know, usually afterward, the mom usually does not make it, unfortunately. Um, So we were just really stressed out about that, not knowing what to do. So we just kind of let her be. And she did not go into labor, but she's acting totally fine and it has not gotten any worse. Uh, So we were just kind of in a really confused state right now. Like she's not lethargic. She's up and running around and eating and acting totally normal. Um, And it's, it's just very confusing. So we know no matter what, she will never be bred again. Um, I'm not really optimistic, though, even though she's acting fine. Um, I'm not optimistic about what's going to happen. It just really, especially see, because we got all up in there. I mean, we get, we are like elbow deep. We are all up in there. Um, and her, it just really looks like her anatomy is not normal. Like it seems like her cervix is not in the correct place. Um, it just like the, the place where, the I, I don't know. It's hard to explain, and Nate will probably be able to explain it better. But it just seems like her anatomy is wrong. I don't know how to explain it better than that. Her body's just not built for lambing, um, and that's really disappointing. And I hate that for her, mostly because now she is pregnant and should really be due right now. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. We'll just keep an eye on her. We are always watching her now, trying to interpret her every move, but I'm sure if she does go into labor, she will definitely need help, so we just really don't want her in pain, and we're just very thankful that she's acting totally normal right now, and we'll write it out and see, and hopefully she will go into labor very, very soon. And then, other than that, Nate just did... Um, another cow, a few weeks ago, we had gotten three cows. There was a Baldy, an Angus, and some other kind. I think it's, it was like a small breed Angus, a midget Angus. I don't know what you would call it. Nate has a name for it, and I can't remember. And I can't remember what two <laughs> breeds the, a Baldy is. A Baldy is like a mix of two breeds. Again, I was really hoping Nate would be here to explain all of this, but I guess the point of all that is he's done two of them, and so we just have one, but he's with the sheep. We keep him adjacent to the sheep, so he's sad, but not totally lonely, which is good. I'm not sure if we're going to be getting any more cows anytime super soon, uh, I'm not sure what Nate's plans are for that. I don't know if we're going to be getting more over the summer or if we're just going to wait until after he does the Angus, which I don't think it'll be for a while. It was a lot smaller than the other ones, so I think we're going to grow it out. I believe he's going to stay until fall, I want to say. So all that to say, no real updates with the cows other than we only have one now. And then the pigs, man, not a whole lot of updates with them either, except that they had been on a rampage last month. Oh my goodness. They were in, so we do the rotational, I want to say rotational grazing, but we rotate them into different paddocks in our woods. 
And we love that, but the downside, obviously, is that we cannot see them very easily unless we go back there. So our property is kind of like in a rectangle shape, and our house is toward the front. We have about six acres total, and so we have, oh, I want to say, like one and a half acres up front, and then it's our house, and then the rest, I guess, there would be like two more of pasture I guess two and a half more pasture and then whatever is left is woods. That was a terrible explanation. But we have them way back there, but it's a long walk to get there. It's like over a football field, like two football fields away. Oh, I dropped my phone. And so you can't see them very much. So you have to go all the way back there. And then even when they're in the paddock, sometimes they're like way in the woods. And a few weeks ago, probably like two weeks ago now, they were in a particularly brushy area with a lot of fallen trees and, you know, very uneven ground. And they figured out how to root and get under the electric fence. And that was a nightmare. Oh, my goodness. They're big, but they are fast and they're like really stocky like they're short but they are so big I I cannot pick them up they weigh more than me they weigh like two I 200 pounds Uh, probably more than that now oh they're so heavy well maybe not 200 pounds they just weigh a lot I can't pick them up I guess is what I'm trying to say and we knew that one kind of would get out but she was pretty easy to get back in of course it was one of our breeders and that happens like twice and then I just so happened to be going back there with the dog Nate's working night shift so luckily he was here uh he was sleeping but he was here and It Of course, again, it was on a day that I had scheduled for the kids to be shipped off to my in-law's house so I could get garden work done. It was my one day. They I took them all the way, two hours away, all the way back so I could spend the day doing gardening stuff. And I was taking the dog on a walk and sometimes I take him back there because it's like a whole journey. Just look at the pigs. And we get there and two pigs run up and greet us in the pasture. And I'm like, oh, no, you two are not supposed to be here. So I'm trying to like, like I run the dog back and I go back over there and I try to get them in and I go to the paddock and I don't see any freaking pigs. I think there might have been like one still in there. And I'm like, oh, my God. And they were just all over. They were just free ranging everywhere. And because um, our woods have a lot of acorns, like, I mean, it's like phenomenal woods. And they were so unfazed by me bribing them with food. They were like, get out of here with that. We don't care about that. We have much better things to do over here. And so I had to go back up for like the third time up to the house. I'm like freaking out, trying to get Nate back there. And he's like, just bribe them with food. And I'm like, but they're not coming with the food. And so I finally get him up. Poor guy. He had only, he was like that, that terrible amount of sleep. I think he had only been sleeping for like two hours. So you're like right in that REM sleep. 
and I had to wake him up because I was like, I they are not moving. I don't know how else to tell you. They do not care about food. I cannot do this by myself. And our woods back up to, I mean, it's part of like a big, what do you call it? Just a lot of woods. Like we have a tiny little tiny portion of this big, huge, like 50 acres of woods back there. Like if they're gone, they're gone. <laughs> and so... Uh, he gets back there. We spend so long trying to get them back. We must have been back there for like an hour and a half. It was such a nightmare and it was muddy and we only have one pair of good like muck boots and they're my husband's. And so he's in the muck boots. I'm in my Crocs <laughs> trying to get these stupid pigs out. Oh my gosh. It was so terrible. I don't even know how just one by one we got them. And this happened like twice um, until like finally he was able to move. Like, he was like, okay, they cannot be here anymore because they just are doing this on purpose. They know how to get underneath this fence in this area. And it was just that particular area where the ground had been uneven. I think there was like a old log. I don't know. There was something really specific that they had figured out how to do. But we, they moved and knock on wood, knock on wood, they have not gotten out since they've been moved. And I pray they never get out again because that was horrible. We've talked about in the past having a hard fence on like the perimeter of our woods. And I pray that that is still in the works because that would be a lot less stressful. I wouldn't care if they got out, if they could not get out of the border of our property. It, it just stressed me out thinking about them on other people's property. Um, it, that That's just not, not cool or like getting lost, like just in the wilderness. That would be bad. Oh, even thinking about it is giving me anxiety. It was so bad. But other than that, no updates. Um, I do think they've started mating with each other, which is super exciting. <laughs> so I don't know. Hopefully we have two female breeders and one male breeder uh, and maybe the girls are pregnant. Hopefully they are. They're supposed to be. So we will have piglets sometime. I don't know. I want to say in the fall. I want to say September. That could be wrong with pig pig gestation if it has already happened, which hopefully it has. But Time will tell. Man, it's so hard to imagine piglets here. I still forget that we have pigs sometimes because <laughs> they're so far back and I don't really see them every day. It's so strange that we have pigs. I did not think we would get those. Pigs had always kind of been my dream, though. Before we even bought our house, you know, when we were back, you know, living somewhere else and talking about what our goals in life were and just how much we wanted to do homesteading, I had always thought we would have pigs like that. I just I had heard so many cool things about them. And pork is just such a versatile meat. And then we got our home and I changed my mind and I was like, hell no, they are so gross and stinky. There's no way I'm having pigs on my property. But having them way back there and rotating them is great. I highly recommend it. If anyone has a property like ours, pigs is definitely the way to go in the woods. We love it. Couldn't be better. Hmm, what other things have been happening? 
Um, all I can think about is how our peanut supplier man hasn't been in contact with us for like three months and I'm worried about him. So we might have to go do a wellness check on our peanut guy. But other than that, I think that covers the majority of things that I wanted to talk about today. Really bummed Nate couldn't be here. Hopefully he'll be on the next. Hopefully I didn't bore you too much. Uh, but go follow us on Instagram, please. I post a lot more regularly on there. Kind of every day. For a while I do every day. I go on and off. But I definitely do it way more than I post on podcast. And you, I'll tell you when I post and you can kind of see the farm and a lot of I do I do do stories pretty much every single day if not every day then every other day so if you want to know more about us and what we do go follow us on Instagram same name with my hands homestead and subscribe to our podcast feel free to message me on Instagram I love hearing from you guys with any suggestions or topics that you want to talk about and hopefully we will talk to you soon bye